Welcome to episode 38 of the CBJ show. We are less than 24 hours away from kickoff of Super Bowl 56, and we're going to be previewing everything you need to know about the Super Bowl, um, going in depth on the teams, the Rams and the Bengals. Um, we're going to come back to some of our earlier predictions in the season, look at some of the head coaching moves and the front office moves. Um, and we're going to have um, some other fun topics to debate. Um, we are starting off with um, a little debate here. Um, so as we know, um, the winner of the coin toss has lost the last seven Super Bowls going back to Super Bowl 49. And do we think that the coin toss has an impact on the game or is this a coincidence? Brandon? Well, uh, my first response when I first saw this, I, I want to say, oh, it's definitely coin toss, especially after the overtime rules. When it comes to big games like the uh, Super Bowl or overtime and uh, the playoffs, or I feel like a little coin decides it. But after thinking about it and going through it in my head, I was like, this has got to be a coincidence. Like, these teams need to play better. Just because you lose the coin toss doesn't mean you should lose. If anything, we know a lot of teams like to defer, which means they kick off. The team that loses the coin toss gets the ball first. If they want to set the tone for the game, they have it in their hands where they can basically just drive down the field, score uh, a touchdown or a field goal. That sets the mood or the tone for the rest of the game. These teams do it to themselves. So uh, looking back, the coin toss does not have an impact, but really interesting to see that it has in the last seven Super Bowls. Yeah, I really do not think that um, it has that big of an impact because, I mean, you look at it, a lot of the teams that have won some of the more recent Super Bowls have the strong second halves. Um, obviously, like you have those blowouts, like, like the Super Bowl 48 and Super Bowl 55, um, the ones that were more more recently. But everything else has been like a one-possession game, pretty sure. Um, and it's a, really been about making those comebacks. The Patriots have made two comebacks um, within this span um, in a Super Bowl. We saw the Chiefs make a comeback, um, and we saw um, we saw the Panthers-Broncos. The Panthers jumped out to a lead, I believe, um, if I remember that game correctly. Um, the Patriots-Eagles was back and forth. It's really about um, just finding your momentum in the game. In the coin toss, it's just who gets the ball first because you get the ball first in the second half for the other team, um, and they could put together a drive really quickly. And we've seen a team like the Bengals do that many times. Um, we saw them come out hot um, after um, a rough first half, um, but at the end of the first half, they got that stop. And then um, they were able to get some momentum after a few drives that Kind of failed. They went back and forth. Um, the Bengals have been one of the best second half teams I've seen. We saw them do it against the Chiefs in regular season two. Um, the Rams, of course, have also done it as well. Um, they have blown some leads, um, but they're able to find the way um, to get the win in all those games. And it really is not going to dictate what the, what the outcome of this game is. There's a lot of other factors that I think are way more important than this. Yeah, I think teams just need to uh, play some better football. I mean. Uh, yes, we had some bad blowouts like the 49ers choke in the fourth quarter or Super Bowl 51, the 28 to 3. But I think what it really comes down to is that really the team uh, 
not performing well after they have a good start? Or is it teams that slow slow start but finish strong? So it's really interesting. Um, well, I guess I've got one question for you, Jason. If uh, you're the Bengals and you had to call it, what are you calling? Uh, I'm not really sure. I would probably just say whatever comes to mind, I'd probably say heads. Um, you never really can go wrong there. Um, and if they, they don't get heads, you know what? That's good for Joe Shiesty. He gets his second half comeback ready to go. I'm a, I'm a tails kind of person. I, I always uh, learn the reference, tails never fails. You see it a lot of times when teams call heads, it ends up tails. I guess that's just a coincidence. All right, moving on. Uh, the big game, that's tomorrow. The te two teams actually are both the four seeds. They both came through the wild card round. As we know, only the one seed got the bye. We saw, as we talked in previous episodes, the one seeds got knocked off on game-winning field goals in that crazy divisional weekend game. The games have been exciting. Um, we're going to quickly recap how each team got to the big game, and then we will move into off-season stuff. Um, first off, the wild card round, Cincinnati beat Vegas. This was the only game that was exciting during wild card weekend. Um, I think we are just a little bit salty just because um, the Patriots got blown out. But other than that point, the weekend was awful of, uh, for sports fans that were interested in close games in the playoffs. Good news was that was the end of the bad playoff games. Um, divisional round, uh, we saw Tennessee choke. It was all Tannehill. Um, really, Tennessee had it in the game. They sacked Burrow nine times, um, but it came down to the stats. Uh, Ryan Tannehill threw three interceptions compared to uh, Burrow's one. Um, and even though the Bengals only scored one touchdown, they were gifted an interception of 20 seconds left that allowed Evan McPherson, who is nicknamed Money Mac, to hit a game-winning field goal. Um, so that was exciting. That brought Cincinnati to Arrowhead for the championship game. Uh, like Jason had mentioned earlier, uh, that slow start that the Bengals had, and then they came firing after in the second half, that was against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, it was not as bad as the Atlanta Falcons choke, but it was pretty close there. Uh, Kansas City blew a 18-point lead um, that allowed Cincinnati to come back into the game and tie it at score of, uh, or actually take the lead. Yes, Cincinnati took the lead with uh, a few minutes left to play. Kansas City was fortunate enough to get a field goal in extra time and the previous week, we had talked about, oh, overtime was kind of cheap, but um, really, like I mentioned in my proposal, uh, when we were talking about overtime proposal, teams just need to play defense, and that's what the Cincinnati Bengals did. They played some defense, got an interception off Mahomes on the first possession, and all Cincinnati needed to do was score a field goal. So that was how Cincinnati made it. Uh, Jason, how did L.A. make it? L.A. had, um, like we said, they were the four seeds, so it was pretty similar until they got there, um, but the games were obviously a lot different. In the first one, it was between a divisional rival with the Arizona Cardinals, who had jumped out to the best record in the NFL early into the year. I believe they won their first seven games. 
Um, and this was just an absolute obliteration by the Rams. They were not messing around. They started from the beginning. Um, we saw Matthew Stafford, he even attempt many passes. It was like 17 or something. Um, they still had 22 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he was finding his guys. Um, we saw Cup and Odell score a touchdown. Um, and we had two picks in this game from Kyler Murray to the Rams. And one of them was actually a pick six. I think it was the shortest pick six in NFL playoff history, or it might be NFL history as well. It was a two or not two yard, the three yard interception by David Long Jr. Um, and this game was just a blowout. Their defense was unlocked. It was 34 to 11, um, and they were just all over them. And the Cardinals were no match for the Rams, and they proved why they were the best team in the division, um, at least between those two teams. Um, next, this second game was probably one of the best games of the playoffs. I'd probably say it's up there. Um, not, not ahead of Bill's Chiefs, but it's definitely number two for me. Um, the Rams were absolutely on point in the first half. Nothing could go wrong for them. Uh, it was like 27 to 3. Um, at one point in the third quarter. Um, I just want to clarify one point. Uh, it was a really funny joke that I had seen um, during around halftime, and they said the Rams made sure um, whatever it took was make sure they couldn't get 20 to 3, so that way, in case they blew it, um, foreshadowing, um, they wouldn't be cons- uh, had the same score as the land the Falcons, but it was as bad as the Falcons choke in Super Bowl 51, and it probably would be ta- uh, the biggest blowout, um, or yeah, blow, blowout, um, the biggest lead blown um, in playoff history uh, since the Falcons game was so long ago. <laughs> yeah, um, you don't really see those comebacks happen often, um, but when you have someone named Tom Brady on the other side of the football, you cannot get up to a score like that, especially 28 to 3 for. Um, the curse of good luck or bad luck, excuse me. Um, but yeah, this game started off really well for the Rams. It's got a field goal. And we saw Blanton score. Um, Cup had an amazing touchdown. Um, and then Stafford ran one in um, and at the beginning of the third quarter. Then um, it was 27 to three. But as we know, you can never count out Tom Brady out of a game because he got his team back to tie the game with less than a minute left. Um, he threw an absolute bomb to Mike Evans. Um, and we saw Leonard Fournette put in two touchdowns. Um, but the reason why the Rams won this game was Cooper Cup. What a play that was at the end. It was the last um, pretty much game deciding play. Stafford, I think it was off his back foot, um, the guys in his face, heaves it up. Cooper Cup makes an absolutely um, insane route run. Um, he blew up the entire coverage of the Buccaneers secondary. Antoine Winfield Jr. was lost. Um, there was some switches going on in there. Um, but Cooper Cup was able to find the hole and he was able to beat everybody and he could put, he could catch it only where Matthew Stafford can place it and they could just um, take it down to the wire and Matt Gay hit the game winning field goal to make it a 30-27 victory and then they would move on to the NFC championship to play another divisional team the San Francisco 49ers in this game it was um, pretty close for most of it. Um, we saw them break away at the end. Um, we saw Cup score in the beginning. Then Debo had an insane yards after catch play, as we know him as the best yards after catch player in football. Robbie Gould Debo just kept making amazing plays that game. And even though the, the 49ers lost, I mean, if the Niners had won, it was because of uh, Samuel. Both Debo Samuel and Cooper Cup are phenomenal 
this game was great, even though as a Niners fan, partially, uh, I was a little sad that the Rams won. Yeah, Debo Samuel, like I said, the best yards after catch player in football, and it's not even close. Um, he, he just absolutely made the right cuts. There was nothing you could do to stop him. And um, going to halftime, they went up by three. And then at the end of the third, it was kind of scoreless for that half. Then we saw George Kittle make an insane grab in the end zone. Debo and Kittle, they're known as the Yak Bros, the yards after catch. That's their funny nickname that the San Francisco 49ers Instagram called them. And he got, he, Jimmy G put it only where George Kittle can catch it. It wasn't really a good throw, but Kittle has an amazing hand. Um, and then Cooper Cup had another touchdown in this game. He had 142 yards and two touchdowns on 11 catches. Then Matt Gay hit a field goal just under seven minutes left. Um, and then he had another one um, just under two minutes left. And then Jimmy G threw a game-winning, game-losing interception um, to the Rams defense. And one thing that I think we're going to look at uh, that's going to bite the 49ers in the end is Jaquiski Tart's dropped interception. It went right to him. And if they were able to bring that in, I think there's a really good chance that the 49ers would be heading to SoFi Stadium for the Super Bowl instead of the LA Rams. That was uh, probably one of the easiest catches uh, a defensive back can make. But I think what the NFL tweeted was, defensive backs are not wide receivers for a reason. They're not meant to catch. I understand that. But anyone should be able to make that catch when it's wide open and no one was um, – Tar, or no one was uh, challenging him for the ball, which was insane. So it's crazy when you look back at games, how much one uh, play can impact the game. And that was definitely a play that impacted the game. Uh, that being said, the Rams will face the Bengals, which means, Jason, no more Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. No more, we don't have... Uh, Big Ben or Peyton Manning or Eli or um, Patrick Mahomes. Like, is this, would you consider the start of the new era? <laughs> um, it's possible. I think the Chiefs will be back at some point pretty soon. Um, but there's way more teams right now in the AFC that are a threat than the NFC. I think the NFC is going to take a massive drop off after this season. Um, no matter what happens with the Super Bowl, if the Rams win or lose, um, there's not going to be a number one team in the NFC once Aaron Rodgers is gone. Once Matthew Stafford retires, um, the only team that I could see, the only few teams I could see maybe emerging are teams like the Cowboys, the 49ers, maybe the Saints if they get a quarterback because they have a fantastic defense, and maybe the Eagles. But outside of that, they are some really bad teams in NFC. And if we look at the NFC South, I don't think any of those teams right now are going above 500. Um, and this is totally going to be a new era starting next year. But right now, I think these were easily the two best teams in football, and they proved it. Um, did Patrick Mahomes pass the torch to Joe Burrow in this situation? No, because I think Patrick Mahomes will be back and probably beat Joe Burrow at some point in the playoffs. Um, but I do not think we're going to have, um, like, Mahomes and Rodgers and Big Ben and Brady um, be in the Super Bowl as often as um, we normally expect because we have the new era of quarterbacks. Like uh, we mentioned, no Brady in the Super Bowl, but Brady has officially hung up his cleats for the moment. I say for the moment since uh, you never know with uh, Tom Brady. He always has that extra one last comeback like we had in Super Bowl 51 or this last playoff game, that one last comeback. You never know where that one last comeback is. But 
Uh, for now, he has retired, which um, along with Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger, and you could say those two quarterbacks are passing the torch to young guys like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. Uh, in addition, you got the uh, Chargers with Herbert, the Patriots with Mac. The AFC is stacked, and it's going to be a fun uh, next few years to see who really is that number one team. And I don't think there is that number one team because all these teams are going to fight for each other. But we'll see if can Patrick Mahomes throw some magic or is it going to be Joe, Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? I think uh, it'll be fun uh, conference to watch. And that AFC West is a great division already. If Rodgers joins them, wow, we have ourselves an enjoyable division. So that will be fun to watch. But that's that's a little bit ahead of ourselves. We're, we're only talking about tomorrow's game. Uh, Jason, I, I heard uh, we had some way too early Super Bowl picks. Do you, uh, does that ring a bell to you? Yeah, it does. Um, we had some, I think I'd say all of our picks were horrible, in my opinion. Um, I mean, at the time, you couldn't really go wrong with them. Um, I can go with mine. I said it would be a rematch of Super Bowl 55. And I had the Chiefs winning it just because I thought Patrick Mahomes was up for revenge. You know he's the most locked-in player in the NFL um, when it really matters, probably behind Brady at the time. Um, and I just thought he was out for revenge. Um, they drafted a fantastic O-line. They brought in some other um, good pieces on the O-line. I thought this was the year that they'd be able to figure it out. They didn't. They didn't make the Super Bowl. Um, they were pretty close. They were um, not. They were an interception away from getting back there um, into SoFi Stadium, but um, they didn't, and uh, he's Looks like he's, as I said, he may or may not be passing the to torch to Joe Burrow because there are a lot of other threats in the AFC for the future. Um, and then with the Bucks, I really thought this was um, going to be a year that Tom Brady brought his team back to the Super Bowl because that's just what he has done. Um, and the team was the best overall team going into the NFL season. They had probably a top two defense. They had um, what looked like maybe the best quarterback in football. You could say maybe Mahomes and Rodgers were clear of him by then. Um, and they had a fantastic receiving core. They're three of the best receivers in the game. Great run game. There was no flaws in the Bucks, And they kind of broke down as Antoine Winfield got tripped up and Cooper Cup ended the Buccaneers' future because now it's probably going to be in the hands of a man named Kyle Trask. And I have no doubt that it's going to be a tough way back for the Buccaneers to get to the Super Bowl. But, you know, they could capitalize on the free agency, get, like, Jameis back, someone like that. But um, I think the Bucks are kind of done. But the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs were a pretty valid pick, but they choked, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the Bucks got an easy division, so maybe they can win the division? I don't know. I think it's, a, as, I, I, as I like to call it, it's the NFC East Part 2, uh, this time NFC South. We've realized uh, doing this that – when you pick uh, the matchup so far in advance, you, it's really, really hard to pick it correctly. And you can see, you'll see as um, we go over our predictions, we were nowhere close. We didn't even have either team, the Rams or the Bengals, in the Super Bowl. I mean, we didn't think uh, these teams had it in them. It was amazing what Cooper Cup did. But with that, my way too early pick was the Bills over the Seahawks. When I put this out there a long, long time ago, 
I said the Bills just miss going to the Super Bowl. And we had that rematch a year later, exactly. Uh, we were, uh, I thought the Bills had a great offense. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. We saw if Gabriel Davis shine late, Isaiah McKenzie. The Bills had it in them. They had an easy schedule, what I thought, except for some of those losses. But they looked like the team to beat in the AFC, especially after the slow Kansas City start. In the NFC, I thought Russell Wilson had a little bit of magic. And it's shown how much that Wilson really needs a new place. He can't do anything in Seattle. He has no weapons to throw to. His, uh, the O-line uh, is terrible. The defense isn't even that good. I think they let up like the most yards the past two years. It's, um, their defense is not good. Um, I think Russell Wilson needs some, he has some bad blood with Pete Carroll. I think he needs uh, a new team, new coach, new setting, um, which is surprising because you thought of who he is as a QB. He has a talent to make it to the Super Bowl. But looking back, uh, I guess I'm a little bit surprised that I picked the Seahawks to be in the Super Bowl. I'd like to object about what you said about the Seahawks weapons. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are two top 20 receivers, but I will say they had no offensive line and the defense was just one dimensional revolving around Bobby Wagner. And you cannot trust that in a guy over 30 years old. You just cannot do that. Um, and uh, I think Russ is going to stay in Seattle. And I think they're, they have a good chance of making a wild card spot next year because of the decrease we are going to see in the NFC next year. It's going to be a drastic um you can go from up here, this tier, to this tier. The AFC is miles above, um, and um, it's we're going to have some really bad teams in the playoffs next year. So it's honestly not going to be a surprise if we see Russ take his team back to um, the playoffs. But do I think Russ should leave? He absolutely should leave um, Seattle. But can he win there? He's not winning a Super Bowl there, but I think he can make it to the playoffs maybe one or two more times um, before – um, he really starts to get up there in age. He's in his 30s, as we know. Um, he's been in the league for about a decade, believe it or not. 2012 was when he was drafted. Um, and, um, yeah, he's. I don't really know what the future of his career is in Seattle, um, but it's not going to be in a Super Bowl. That's what we know for sure. Unfortunately, Cam wasn't able to join us again today, but he, pit, he predicted a long time ago um, the Bills over the Cardinals. Cardinals, they were the last undefeated team, but uh, they got to about 11-0, and they or around 7-0. Sorry, last year the Steelers were 11-0. They got to around 7-8 games and started to fall apart. They, It was such a difference from the first half of the season versus the second half. And um, I would say going into the season, I mean, I would 100% agree that that was a good pick for a strong contender in the NFC. Um, but looking back, it's crazy how Kyler Murray couldn't throw up any more magic. I mean, he he did that last year with uh, that crazy Hail Mary that Andre uh, Hopkins caught, uh, as we like to call it, the Hail Murray. Um, but he just, he had the weapons when it looked like, but when it came to the real games and the real challenges, he kind of fell apart. And we even saw that in the playoffs that, they, they barely even made the playoffs, but they did. They fell apart. So with that, Jason, who are you predicting wins? And what's the score? What's your Super Bowl prediction? 
This is really tough for me. I've I've changed my opinions like every single day on this, but I'm locking mine in right now. I, I have a lot of confidence that this team's going to win. I'm picking the LA Rams to beat the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl. I get it. Joe Burrow is Joe Shiesty, Joe Burr. I, I don't really care about that. He's he's not going to be able to beat the Rams, and here's why. The, um, the Rams defensive line um, is going to win the battle between them and the Bengals O-line. The Bengals have one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen. I do give them credit for their improvement. I think um, Jonah Williams has really improved. I think he's one of the better tackles in the league this year. Um, I mean, he wasn't really great high by PFF, but I don't think, but um, I, I like him. But the thing is, you have Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, all these guys on the defensive line, and there's no way that the Bengals are being able to stop um, that. I think Joe Burrow is going to be running around like Patrick Mahomes, like we saw um, last year. Um, in the Super Bowl, um, and it's, it's going to be pretty bad. Um, do I think the game will be a bit closer than that? Yes, I do. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, blowout, but I think they are going to win probably maybe by a possession. I'm going to say the score of this Super Bowl is going to be 30 to 23. Um, I think it's going to be um, the Rams are going to have a go-ahead touchdown at some point, um, but and everyone's really talking about this Jalen Ramsey versus Jamar Chase matchup. And I actually have a hot take. I think Jamar Chase is going to win this matchup, believe it or not. Um, I think Jalen Ramsey, yeah, I think Jalen Ramsey is the best cornerback in football. He is the best defensive back in football. He has one of the greatest primes of any defensive back I've ever seen. Um, if, you know, if you compare him to prime Deion Sanders, he can even be in that conversation, believe it or not. But Jamar Chase, um, I think he is absolutely going to torch um, Jalen Ramsey in this game. Jamar Chase is, has been this Bengals team MVP. And without him, they would not make the playoffs. If they lose that Chiefs game, in week 17, they would be nine and eight. And you know who, who would have a better record than them in their division? The Pittsburgh Steelers. And they would have the four seed at nine, seven, and one. And then the Chargers, they win the head-to-head -head battle with the Bengals, which means the Chargers get the seventh seed and the Bengals are outside the playoffs. So I think Jamar Chase is this team's MVP and he's going to torch, um, I think he's going to torch Jalen Ramsey with his route running, um, his ability to create separation, his speed, um, his impact. You cannot guard Jamar Chase in this game. It's just not going to happen. Jamar Chase will beat Jalen Ramsey. That is Jason's hot take. Uh, we don't do a lot of hot takes on the CBJ show, but when we do, we, we bring the heat. Uh, I think um, the Rams are going to win. I don't think the Bengals have what it takes to beat the Rams. The Rams are a much better team. I'm going to predict 31-24 Rams. Uh, in this one, like Jason said, probably not a blowout, but uh, probably a Rams win. Uh, Cam uh, has predicted a close game as well, but he will go 27 to 21 with the LA Rams. Um, we didn't really talk about MVP much, but my guess is uh, the three players that uh, come to my mind very quickly are Stafford, Cup, or Aaron Donald. I think. Depending on how the game goes, if it's a defensive game, it's Donald. If it's a, a wider, uh, if it's a, a QB showdown, it's going to be uh, Stafford. And if it's a wide receiver matchup, it's Chase or Cup. So uh, definitely a lot of talent on the Rams. And I would say they have the better talent. They have the edge. Yeah. And for the MVP, if whoever wins, if it's the Rams winning, I would give it to Cup. If it's the Bengals, they're going to vote Joe Burrow because he's just more popular. But I do think it will be Jamar Chase if the Bengals win, like, like figuratively. I mean, obviously, like, 
Uh, like re realistically, it's going to be Joe Burrow because of popularity, but Jamar Chase is this team's MVP. And if they're going to win this game, it's because of Jamar Chase. All right. NFL awards came out. We had NFL honors uh, the other night. Um, and like most people predicted, it came out how they thought. So the MVP uh, was Aaron Rodgers. Uh, first time since Peyton Manning to have uh, the same player win MVP back-to-back -back seasons. Uh, we had, of course, Cooper Cobb winning Offensive Player of the Year. We had uh, TJ Watt winning Defensive Player of the Year, of course. We had Jamar Chase winning Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, Micah Parsons, this was um, a little surprised that this went unanimous uh, against everyone. Um, he, he really was a show um, for Dallas and with him and Diggs, the two of them were uh, putting up talent <laughs> day, uh, game in, game out, which was really nice. And um, comeback player of the year, not surprised um, because of what he did last year towards ACL, making it to the Super Bowl. Um, he deserved it. And Mike Vrabel, although the Titans didn't uh, lose Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and uh, got eliminated, what Mike Vrabel was able to do without those big name stars was impressive, and he definitely deserved MVP. I don't know about you, Jason, but I 100% agree with this uh, award. Yeah, I I thought this would this is exactly how I kind of envisioned it to happen. Um, I don't really think there were many debatable awards um, for this one. The only few that maybe so you could debate. I I said Vrabel over everyone else, but if you want to pick a second place guy. It would probably have to be Zach Taylor from elevating that team um, from where they were last year to where they are now. Um, and um, with Offensive Player of the Year, I think the second place guy, I still would have said Cup, but I think you could probably, you wouldn't be able to go wrong with someone like Jonathan Taylor, um, who absolutely went off this year. Um, and he was winning that race for a while. And he was even the MVP race. But the reason why Jonathan Taylor fell out of that MVP race is because his team missed the playoffs. Um, and that's going to take a lot. That definitely takes a lot out of it because I think he had he had the biggest case for the uh, for the top um, non quarterback um, player to um, be able to win an MVP award, which would be uh, incredible. Um, but yeah, everything else is fine. I, I think Aaron Rodgers was the MVP as well deserved with his limited turnovers. You can't beat that. T.J. Watt was the best defensive player in football this year statistically, and he was dominant everywhere. Jamar Chase, you already know how I feel about him. He had the greatest rookie wide receiver season of all time. Um, Micah Parsons, one of the best rookie defenders I've ever seen. Um, and unanimous, I honestly would agree because there weren't many other rookies that um, stood out. Maybe Jalen Phillips could go or like, I don't really know. I think he was really the only guy that had a chance against him. And then Vrabel, like you said, taking that Titans team um, from with all those injuries to where they are right now is great. Um, and lastly, comeback player of the year, Joe Burrow, no need to explain there. Um, coming back from that torn ACL, um, he comes back and he is able to bring his team to the Super Bowl. I mean, you, you really can't get any better than that. Um, but I'm surprised Nick Bosa didn't get any votes because he definitely deserved one. Yes. And with the big game, we have new teams uh, playing. And we've had some new head coaching options. So uh, we're not going to go into uh, too much detail as we're running out of time, but um, we'll go over a few. So the Bears, uh, Broncos, Giants,
Vikings, Jags, Dolphins, and Texans all fired their head coaches for bad records. Bears brought in Matt Eberflaws. Broncos brought in Nathan Hackett. Giants brought in Brian Dable. Raiders brought in Josh McDaniels. Vikings brought in Kevin O'Connell. The Jags brought in Doug Peterson. The Dolphins brought in Mike McDaniels. Texans brought in Lovey Smith. And the Saints brought in Dennis Allen. Um, the big name as a Patriots fan is Josh McDaniels going to the Vegas Raiders. He brought um, Dave Ziegler from the Patriots to be general manager and um, getting updated that um, Patriots wide receiver coach Mike Lombardi will join Raiders as the offensive coach and former Pats offensive line coach Cameron Brasilio uh, to Vegas offensive line coach. So you can really see Josh McDaniels bringing the New England own Patriots to him in uh, Vegas. But um, the biggest story that came out with this head coaching uh, vacancy was, or the new head coaches was Brian Flores. Uh, with, we know him suing the NFL for um, allegations and other teams and um, we know he was in the spot for the Texans head coach job, but ended up going to Lovey Smith. Um, uh, Brian Flores praised that the Texans for hiring Lovey Smith, but um, because, uh, but before the Texans had hired Lovey Smith, uh, Mike Tomlin was the only active uh, black head coach. And um, not to go into too much detail about this, but uh, definitely something the NFL needs to have is more minority coaches. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I don't really think Brian Flores should have gotten fired at all. He really didn't do anything wrong. He brought the team back from a really rough start um, to just missing the playoffs, and they were in playoff position um, going into the going to the two final weeks of the season, and then they got blown out by Tennessee, twenty-seven to three, and that was pretty much it. So, I mean, good moves all, all, all around. I don't hate a lot, a lot of them. Maybe the Texans one was questionable because I mean, Lovey Smith is a bit older. Um, and but I like some of the younger moves here. I like Mike McDaniel um, and some of the other moves are pretty good. I love the Broncos move. They want to get Rodgers. That's how they're going to get him. Yeah, definitely a, uh, a good way to bring in a, a good star quarterback is bring his uh, offensive coach or QB's coach with him. Um, the NFL came out with their Hall of Fame class of 2022. Uh, names include Tony Baselli, who was an offensive tackle for the Jags. Uh, Cliff Branch, who was a wide receiver with the Raiders. Uh, Leroy Butler, who was a safety of the Packers. Uh, Art McNally, who was a uh, contributor to the NFL, being an official director of officiating and consultant. Uh, Sam Mills, linebacker for the Saints and Panthers. Uh, our guy, Richard Seymour from the New England Patriots, defensive lineman, also played with the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Dick Vermeil. Uh, head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, St. Louis Rams, and Kansas State Chiefs, and Brian Young, defensive tackle from the San Francisco 49ers. So we want to say congratulations to the Hall of Fame class, and you can also say congratulations on making it to the end of the episode. Uh, that's it for episode 38. Uh, we're rooting for Bengals, the Rams, and the Super Bowl tomorrow. Good game, and with that, uh, thank you for listening to episode 38 of the CBJ Show.